All right. Ken named this episode. <laughs> that I did. Now I'm very proud of my name. He, I, I will say it was pretty funny, um, but it definitely led to conversation beforehand. So we are going to beat the guard. And in order to do that, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, guys. Um, yeah, Ken, like we said, has a very interesting name for this this episode. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you already read it at this point. Yeah. Um, beating the guard. Uh, Ken, you want to describe a little more of what that is? Yeah, like we kind of did in the intro, but let's run it back anyways, because Laura yeah, loved to hear it. Know. So today we're going to be talking about patients who guard and how to beat their guard. Again, Whether, I say we're not beating them. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not physically abusing our patients. Come on. So we have, I mean, maybe Laura has some different ones than I do, but when you work in an outpatient setting, there are moments where patients like to guard or not let you get past a certain range of motion because they feel like it's going to be painful or they just kind of activate those avoidance techniques. So we're going to be discussing our methods in order to beat those methods or beat their methods into our methods. There yeah, you go. Cl- close enough. That sounds about right. right. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm, I'm like, did I follow that? Um, but it, it, it's definitely one of those things where it can work in multiple. Like it's not just an outpatient setting. This is something that definitely can work in all settings. I've used some of these tactics in skilled nursing. Um, I've seen them used in home health um, when I used to you know, watch my mom treat when I was younger. So I've seen some of these ta- tactics uh, used, you know, in all sorts of settings. And so I think they're definitely so valuable. How, let's just start from the top. How do you know, Laura, when someone is guarding? So as you kind of just take them through the range of motion, the harder it is to move in a way, that's kind of like a sense of like them guarding um, it's not that it's like a hard ending, like it just feels like it's fighting back on you. It's it's a it's kind of hard to describe a little bit. Um, yeah, usually so the that's patients, the tricky part. Yeah. Like, so like, how do I, you like differentiating it between muscle tone, the tightness, and the patient physically? Like, okay, I'm gonna contract now so that you can't go further. Yeah, I I would honestly the best way of describing it is like muscle tone, like. When it's just tight and you kind of are just hitting that end range because of like tightness, like you can feel like it's giving way, but like it almost like comes to like more of like a hard, like, yeah, not going to happen. Um, or the, you know, the patient starts to hit a little bit more of that pain range and you can just feel that kind of feedback of just like, I could push it, but like, it doesn't really want to go. Um, versus when patients guarding, it's almost like they're trying to go the opposite direction of you. So it, it literally tries to stop and go the other way is kind of like the best way. Like patients don't realize they're doing it, but I guess that's kind of like, it's such a small like movement that they do in guarding that like it, it's like no matter what direction you go, I guess that's the best way of describing it actually is like no matter what direction you're going to go, whether it's up, down, horizontal circles, side to side like no matter what direction you're going to go when they're guarding it's not going to go it's not going to want to go in any direction where if you're hitting tone if you're coming back down out of like say let's just say a hamstring stretch for example hamstrings like to be tight 
if you're going up, you kind of hit that tension. But if you bring back down, it's easy to bring back down. It's nice and relaxed to you. That tension backs off. Like that's where it's a little more of that tone versus guarding. If you try to bring it back down, like they're just not going to want to go. Like it just doesn't want to go to any direction at that point. Um, I guess that's the best way I would describe guarding you. So it's, it's just one of those terms. And I feel like early on, especially in my career, like personally, you'll like the PT would tell me, Oh, that patient likes to guard that patient likes to guard. And I would go in there and I'm like, I like meant, I know what you mean. And I understand what you're trying to tell me by the patient likes to guard. But as a new grad, you don't really have those skills yet. You don't really mm-hmm. know what the difference between tone between the patient guarding or whatever other thing factors may be in play. For me, I I agree. I do think that if you take them through a range of motion, their entire shoulder just tightens up. So moving them in any direction is more difficult than it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way I feel like noticing a patient is still kind of is if they're helping you, if their arm Mm -hmm. is lighter than it's supposed to be. Not that dead weight. It's not dead weight. Then I feel like they're contracting something, whether they're helping you or they're going against you. Something is activating. I, I always say this and I tell patients this too because they ask me like how can you tell because they don't even realize sometimes that they're guarding. That's um, another good point. Sometimes or they're, they they're helping they know they're know. doing it. And I'm like the, well, the reason I know is my job gets easier. I don't have to hold your arm as much or your leg as much or your neck as much. If it ain't heavy in my hand you're helping, you're helping me in some way or another whether it's guarding or whether or not you're literally just trying to do the motion with me and that causes some pain at end range. Like um, it, it definitely like that's like you that's a big one is uh, if if their arms legs whatever it is is not heavy they're they're, they're they're contracting something yeah whether it's helping you against you whatever the case may be whether they're purposely guarding in anticipation of pain or if they are you know trying to help you make it easier because they know what's coming next um you know, that's kind of two different things, but so one thing that I've been noticing more recently, I, and this might just be patient specific, some patients that we have right now that I'm working with, or maybe it's across the board. I'm not too sure, but if a patient is able to get more, I'm going to just go straight to, okay, so I have a shoulder patient, right? Mm-hmm. If I move them passively, they can only get to maybe 110, 115 before they start getting tight and I feel like they're guarding and I've been told, Oh, that patient likes to guard. But when we do pulleys or ladder or table slides, guess what? They go up to 140, 150, yeah. and it gets me thinking, okay, well they're probably guarding when I'm doing it. Cause they don't know what to expect. They don't know if I'm going to make a quick movement. They're anticipating that pain. So they guard, mm-hmm. they don't want to be pushed that far. But when a patient does it themselves, they know their limits. They know how far to go. So you'll see them going further than when you do it yourself. Yes and no. At the same time, I will say because I have a patient, a shoulder patient right now too, who when I go to do range of motion with her, she has pain, but she gets higher up on the pulleys. And today, for example, we had to have a full conversation about it. She pushes herself into a painful range on those. So that definitely I agree with you. There's both where the anticipation of pain when you're working on it, just because they don't have control of it can cause that guarding to happen. 
Um, and that could happen. But at the same time, just because they're going high and pulley does not mean that they're not like that they can go that full range without the pain. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with that guarding though, with the, the, like they don't know what's coming. So I have learned in just the years that I've been working in general, um, big thing is having conversations with them, kind of distract them from what's going on is going to be helpful. But the first couple sessions, definitely if they're new and they don't really know you, they're new even with you, say they've been working with someone for like five and they're doing really well and then you get them and you're like, I can't get you to move at all. Um, ease them in. Don't try to push them. Sometimes I find that the first couple sessions, it's not worth going to their full what you visually can watch them do, um, pushing them there because sometimes it's about comfort and the anticipation of pain or they don't have a full trust. You know, you are taking someone's control. That's what control I was going to say. Just that, that trust feeling. Yeah. It's so a huge factor that goes into it. So sometimes you just have to back off and you can't get as much. And then as they start to get used to the program, I have a prime example of this. He's post-op. He's come a couple times. He anticipates pain. He wasn't taking pain meds. Um, you know, we kind of talked about what to do with the doc, like, taking what doctor prescribed as doctor prescribed it um, definitely before therapy because it is post-op. It's not going to feel amazing. Um, I wish we were joking about today. I wish it would, I could just be like, yeah, you know, this is out of the ordinary, but no, unfortunately it just sucks. (laughs) And that's literally what we talked about. You're in the suck. It is what it is. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those bummers where, you know, right now it does suck, but it's going to get better. And that's literally what we talked about. Um, But, uh, the thing is, is like with him, the very first two times we did it, he just anticipated so much pain because he was in so much pain. Um, and even though like I'd watch him like get out of his car and he's only supposed to be passive range of motion and he's driving his car and getting in and out. And I watched him do more with it and move it up and down more with his phone and that kind of stuff. Um, but the moment I would touch it or anybody else touch it, like he would, he would start to guard. And so it literally just became the first two sessions. It was kind of light, light movement, and then kind of let him do his own thing a little bit, like backed off, just let him kind of do more pendulums and, um, just like isometrics he's allowed to do and just kind of let him chill and not have to think about it. And just, Talk to him about other topics, not not bring up the arm the whole entire time. And it definitely seems to have worked. He slowly continues to progress. We're able to do more and more now. Um, we remind him like, hey, try to relax. And now he's getting the relaxing down when he does start to anticipate that pain. Um, we can talk him through it a lot more. He understands it a lot better. Um, so sometimes just even backing off like the first couple of treatments to where you're like I know I could get you farther but you're just guarding sometimes it's just a matter of just being like all right we're yeah that's gonna be it for today and get them to build up that trust factor um before kind of trying to push it even a little bit farther so do you have any other mind games that you do in order for patients to relax um talk I talk to them a lot um try to get them off of the the topic of what I'm working on usually, um, a lot of deep breaths actually. Some do you have patients... like a, okay, I do deep breaths as well. Any like questions mm-hmm. that are your go-to or do you just do the, 
the old standard, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Any plans for Either today? Either what you do, what do you have coming up? Um, some patients, you know, you start to get to know them a little bit better. You're just like, oh, how'd this go or something like that? Um, you know, try to relate them, relate the questions to them as much as possible. Some Any patients, like- you have to talk them through what you're doing. Like, it's better if you talk them through what you're doing versus distracting them with something else because they won't get distracted. Um, it's knowing your patients. Some patients, I literally have them just take deep breaths because no matter what conversation I bring up, they're just honed in. And so sometimes it's about taking those deep breaths as we get to the top where they're anticipating and just taking, pausing there, take a deep breath, relax, let it all just fade away and then go a little bit more. And same thing. If you start to feel that tension build up, I stop, take a deep breath relax and you know even take a couple deep breaths and just have them like let their body just soak away um i do things like that so those are a couple of my big tricks any like physical tricks that you do um i do do a lot of um hold and contract too um for like total knees a lot of times when total knees you kind of get in range they they kind of like to tense up and guard a little bit more So right before I kind of get to that, I'll do a, you know, I'll have them push against my hand and then I'll have them relax, contract, relax. I, you know, honestly, I've heard that one interchange like five different times. Uh Trust me, my professors were confused about it while I was in the program. We we also heard it like four different ways of saying it. Hold, relax, contract, relax, uh, hold and contract or contract and hold, um, whatever. (laughs) But either way, take them close to end range have them push against my hand and then just have them relax. So they're a little more fatigued. Um, again, like I'm not going to do that with a shoulder or any passive range of motion activity, but I, I do find that works really well with anything that is active range of motion already. Um, and that you, you still have some guarding in and I had to use it today. <laughs> I had a patient who was a little, she's apprehensive and you know, it was the first time me working with her and I just talked her through everything um, we had to do some, um, uh, over pressure extension. And so it, even walking them through and counting down how long you're going to be in a certain thing can help. Um, my patient today was literally like, uh, I was like, you know, I was doing some overpressure and she'd start to kind of guard and I'm like, okay, here we go. Three, two. And I could just feel her start to relax a little bit. No, knowing that the end is coming knowing that, Hey, we're not going to stay here forever, but that end is coming up. And so she's like, I was like, all right. And we're done. And she'd be like, okay. She, I was like counting help. And she goes, because I could see like the relief and she goes, yes. Cause she goes, I know I can do it because I know there's an end. And I'm like, yep, that's why I like to count. <laughs> um, so, so different tricks like that. You, you do it. It all bases on your, your patient. I have other ones over pressure. I got to talk to them. I, I just chit chat with them. I don't count. And they do really well. It, it's just all knowing. And trial and error, too. Some patients, I'll try one thing and it just doesn't work. No matter how much I want it to work. Or I think it's going to work for them. That technique just doesn't work. So do Never you have really any? Yeah. Do you have any, like, your go-to ones that you try out first? or? Oh, why, well, yes, Laura, I do. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> As by the way, that whole entire time I was talking, guys, he muted and started taking a drink. So I had to talk a little longer. I'm thirsty. 
I was letting you yeah, have your so moment. Don't, don't make it sound like I, I wasn't going to ask you. So, <laughs> mentally, um, the two that I agree with you are definitely the deep breathing, as well as the um, kind of like the distraction, what you do, blah, blah, blah. I would say something that's a little different. If I have someone really apprehensive and it just nothing else is working, if I'm working on their shoulder, I tell them to wiggle their toes. Mm-hmm. If I'm working on their knees or their ankle or lower extremity, I tell them to wiggle their fingers. So have them mentally focus on a body part distant from what I'm working on. Helps them relax whatever body part I'm working on, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, and the, the, on that note, too, like we talk about guarding and we talk about guarding a lot with pain. Um, I have a patient who guards because he's ticklish. So him like clenching yeah, somewhere if you're else working on someone's foot. That's hard to get by. Exactly. And so by clenching, like exactly what you say, I would be like, clench your glutes, squeeze your bottom. <laughs> and it kind of sometimes can help because they're so focused on that, that the tickling sensation's not as intense. For ticklish, I try. So like if it's if I'm working on like the bottom of someone's foot, I try to have strong pressure along the top of their foot or at the angle. Yeah, so I've just ran into people. You just touch them and they're ticklish. Oh, trust me. I know that, that doesn't work for everybody. There's no way. <laughs> but that's usually my first go-to is just kind of strong pressure on the top or their ankle while I'm working on like their plantar or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes works. But yeah, it's definitely not guaranteed. And um, the, because they can guard with just the ticklish because everything just kind of tightens up and seizes up, I guess. So it's not even pain. It's just... <laughs> and then... The, the physical side of things, what I'll do is um, a lot of like vibrations. So if like I'm so they keep coming to mind that shoulder patient that I have. So while I'm talking to them, I'll just kind of keep shaking their arm. Mm. One to help them relax, helps them cue. And then I'm just kind of slowly moving up into abduction or whatever direction I'm going in. So that way they mainly feel like I'm shaking their arm and I'm not really heading into the direction I'm trying to head into. I do circles. So yeah, circles would work as well. I do little, little circles with maybe a little bit of distraction depending on, of course, the surgical procedure or... And general. then my one question that's always a go-to, and again, I only do it because my professor in school did it. If I can't... Because sometimes when you're talking to patients, it's like you're pulling teeth trying to get something oh out of Oh my gosh. Like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Nothing. Oh, any plans play today? Nope. Nope. Anything um, fun coming work up? Go? Nope. It's work. I'm like, oh my. And again, this is also not something. sure far away. Sometimes it's hard to get something. Um, one thing I'll ask is if they're a mountain or a beach person. Is Laura it... is for sure a beach person. You sure? Yeah, she's afraid of heights. That is not true. <laughs> Kids now just coming up with crap, guys. <laughs> I, however, though, I will say, like, yeah, I do get a little vertigo. Like, I look down, and I'm like, ooh, See, I'm a little older now. But I will still go up there. I will conquer. I've been to places. I'm trying to think of somewhere to tall places. that I've been. <laughs> well, you can't really I... hike with your foot. Anyways, we're getting off topic. But <laughs> those are my go-to as far as, like, questions, techniques go, and someone's guarding. That's what I do. Yeah, and it's definitely like you can take some of these applications and you can use them across kind of just in general. Like if the conversation's going a, 
a route you do. I, I'll tell you this, like if I feel like things are getting a little too political or we're getting a little too focused on our pain or something like that, I like to bring up would you rather. Um, would you rather be stuck in a tank with a great white well or killer well um, or with a great white shark? And, you know, we'll talk about that or bring up things like a cereal soup, like things that are so dumb that they're just like, wait, what? What am I being asked? That just literally takes them and just does a 180 turn of how their brain is processing right now. Um, again, not everybody. There's those people who are very serious and they're not going to get those and you don't have that conversation. Some people are better walking them through everything. It's really about learning how to read the patient and have um, good conversations with them and everything like that. Uh, knowing your patient. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I feel like that pretty much sums everything up. Every patient's a little different. Try a variety of different techniques and hopefully you can find one that best suits them, best suits you as well, because the better you can kind of roll with it, the more comfortable they're going to feel as well. But with that, our episode today is a little shorter. Um, if anybody has other techniques that we didn't mention as far as guarding goes, be sure yeah, to if you got some. email us tag us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. And thank you so much for listening. We so, so, so much appreciate it. And we yes. shall catch you on Friday. Laura. I will say, guys, um, there's a good possibility my voice might be going here soon. Uh, hockey playoffs are coming, so I will apologize now. But until Friday, we will catch you guys later. Take care. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.